0: blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered blessed is the one whose sin the lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit when i kept silent my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night your hand was heavy on me my strength was sapped and in the heat as in the heat of summer Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquities. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart.
1: Let's just pray just before we think about God's Word together. Father God, really thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege of being able to read your Word. And now Lord, thank you for the privilege of being able to think through it and just let it sink into our hearts and speak to our souls. And we just pray that that would be a reality for each one of us eh, this morning. That you would help us to hear from you. That we might be able to, to put into practice what you've got for us. That we may be able to obey your Word and to live it out eh, for your honour, for your glory. So, Lord, just come and speak to us now through your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In February of this year, Florida was giving COVID-19 vaccines to those who were over 65 only. Because, as we know, they are the most vulnerable to this disease. And so it didn't seem strange that two women who reportedly were dressed like grannies with their, their bonnets and their gloves and their glasses, they turned up at the vaccination centre to get their second dose. But on closer inspection, the staff there realised that these women were not over 65 as they first appeared. Instead, they were only age 34. And 44. They had dressed up to look older than they were in order to jump the queue on vaccinations, and this plan had worked the first time round because they'd both received their first dose. But this time they were found out and sent away. Now, hopefully, none of us would ever dream of of doing anything like that in order to jump a vaccination queue. But sometimes we do. Try to do something similar when it comes to God. When we realize that we're not good enough for God, when we admit that we have fallen short of His standard of holiness, that we've messed up with our words or our actions or our thoughts, then we can be tempted to try and cover up our sin. We try to hide our failings, put on better behaviour, turn over a new leaf and try and overcome our bad habits. Maybe try to be nicer, give a little bit of money to charity, or maybe even put on a bit of religion. Maybe start to pray a little, or read the Bible, or go to church. But the problem with all of that is that although we might look different on the outside, we're still basically the same on the inside. We still have that sinful nature. We still have that heart rebellion against God. We've still fallen short of God's standards. We're still separated from God and under condemnation by Him. In this psalm that we read, King David, the author, he tried this. He tried to cover up his sin, to hide his guilt, but it didn't work. Verse 3, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Although he tried to hide his sin, he couldn't hide it from God. And as a result, he experienced the pain of unconfessed sin. Pain in his body as well as in his soul. He felt that overwhelming burden of trying to pretend to be something that he was not. But then something extraordinary happened. Verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Instead of trying to hide his sin, King David stepped into the light of God's presence and confessed his sin to God. And God responded by taking that guilt away and giving him completely full and free forgiveness. And this morning, we are here to celebrate that this miracle has happened in our David's life. As we heard earlier, a number of years ago, David put his faith in Jesus. He repented of his sin before God, acknowledging that he could never be good enough for God in his own efforts. And he trusted in Jesus and accepted Jesus as the forgiver of his sin and the leader of his life. And at that very moment, something extraordinary happened. David's life was transformed. All of his sins were forgiven, past, present and future. He was declared right before God, perfect in his sight. And instead of being outside of God's kingdom, separated from him, he was instantly brought into God's family and adopted as his son. The most amazing, the most outstanding miracle that could ever happen in somebody's life. But how could this happen? How could a holy and just God just forgive all of David's sin? Well, it's because this amazing gift was paid for in full by Jesus When he died on the cross. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace. And this is what David's baptism is a picture of. David has already been forgiven. But his baptism is a declaration of this. Paul Paul again writes in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so too we may live a new life. In a few minutes, David will go into the water, declaring that through his faith in Jesus, he has been united with Christ in his death. That Jesus' death on the cross paid for David's sin. And he will go right under the water as a declaration that his old life that was under condemnation of sin is dead and gone forever. It has been buried with Christ. And then very quickly, he'll come back out of the water, I promise. As a declaration that he's been forgiven and he's entered into a new life with Christ. It's a picture of that resurrection that happened the moment that David put his trust in Jesus. So this morning, David is not like those women at that vaccination centre trying to pretend to be something that he isn't. He's just declaring publicly who he truly is. Through his baptism, he is declaring that he is blessed as a child of God. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And through his faith in Jesus, David is blessed because he is forgiven. But David's baptism doesn't only celebrate his forgiveness through Jesus. It also declares his commitment to Jesus. Today, of course, is the 4th of July. It's In the United States, that's Independence Day. The day that the Americans celebrate getting rid of the Brits. Sorry. Declaration of Independence from Great Britain. But independence is something that we would all like, isn't it? We like the idea of living independently. Thinking for ourselves. Making our own decisions. Standing on our own two feet. The problem is that when we do this, we always make a mess of things. The book of Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. When we live independently of God, when we do our own thing, when we follow our heart, when we allow our desires to drive us, we always end up on that road to destruction. As King David said in this psalm, verse 10, many are the woes of the wicked. We think that freedom is found in living independently. But instead, when we walk away from God, we end up in slavery. Slavery. This is what Jesus said in John 8.34 Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We get trapped by the very desires that we thought would lead us into freedom. But the good news is that Jesus came to give us true freedom in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 If you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth And the truth will set you free. So forgiveness is not the end of what Jesus wants to do in our lives. He doesn't just forgive us so we can just go on and just live our own lives any way we want. Instead, He forgives us so that we can submit to His leadership in our lives. So we can follow Him. So we can live out that abundant life that He calls us to in relationship with Him. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. And so Psalm 32 warns us against stubbornly demanding our own way like a horse or a mule and encourages us to live in submission to God's plan and purpose in our lives and his promises that if we do submit to his leadership then he will lead us and he will guide us and he will empower us to live a life that's worth living Verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. If we allow Jesus to be in charge of our lives, then He will be our ultimate counselor, training and teaching and guiding us in the way of life, watching over us in love. He will walk with us through our lives. Helping us to increasingly live out that transformed life that he has called us to as a child of God. Helping us to become more and more like him. And this morning, David's baptism is his expression, his public declaration of his commitment to do that. It's an act of obedience to the Lord because Jesus commanded us to get baptized if we are his disciples. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to be everything I have commanded you. So in being baptized, David is obeying this command from Jesus. But he's also publicly declaring his commitment to keep on obeying Jesus. To be baptised in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That little phrase, in the name of, is drawn from the commercial world of the time. In the name of, was used in transactions. Like we used to, if you can remember that far back, write checks. Anybody remember writing checks? I know they've kind of, kind of gone out of the way now. But writing checks, you write them in the name of somebody. Meaning that we're promising to give them that amount of money. Well, when David is immersed in the water of baptism, he is, as it were, signing himself fully over to Jesus. To be his disciple. To follow Him. To live for Him with everything He is and has. It's a declaration of Him. It's a declaration to be committed to Jesus. To following Jesus. And to be dependent on Him. And so because of this, David's baptism is also a call to faith in Jesus for us this morning. As we watch... David getting baptized, it will be a challenge to us. It will ask us some questions. Can we celebrate that we have been forgiven through our faith in Jesus? And are we committed to following Jesus in our lives? And this is an offer that is for everyone here this morning. Verse 6 says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. While he, you may be found. This offer to receive forgiveness will not be available forever. One day, it will be too late. But not today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's grace. So if you haven't yet done what David has done, then you can come to Jesus today and met your sinfulness and put your trust in Jesus and receive His full and free forgiveness. And then you can have the confidence that David has this morning. That you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And then this day will not just be a celebration day for David, but also for each one of us. Because instead of the anxiety and the weakness and the the exhaustion of those who try to make themselves good enough for God, who try and pretend to be right before God, we will be able to enter into the joy of knowing that we are saved. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts In Him. And that's why this psalm ends with a declaration of praise. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. Because if we have answered this call to faith in Jesus, then no matter what is happening in our lives, whether good or bad, we have reasons for rejoicing this morning. Because we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Our transgressions have been forgiven. Our sins have been covered. Our iniquity will never be reckoned against us. Ever. And we can rest in Jesus and in His leadership in our lives. So this is what this morning is about. It's a celebration of forgiveness through Jesus. It is a commitment to follow Jesus. And it's a call for each one of us to put our faith in Jesus. And this is what we're going to celebrate now through the symbols that Jesus gave us in our time of communion. Broken bread to remember Jesus' body broken for us under the weight of our sin. And a cup to remember His blood shed for us to wash away our sins. So if you have answered that call to faith in Jesus, whether it was many years ago, or even whether it was this morning, if you have been forgiven by Him, and if you have committed yourself to follow Him, then please join us. As, as the bread and the cup is passed out, please take it and remember Jesus and rejoice in the Lord and in His amazing salvation.